I'm dying to know in a sentence or two at, a, at the maximum is what goes on at the Lumberjack Show. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in. We are talking about recreation today. We're going to talk about two essential travel destinations. We got uh, one for Matt and one for me. We did this last season, and it was incredibly well received. Got a lot of feedback and comments about the two destinations that we mentioned, and hopefully, we can inspire you guys to check out two different places and uh, get the same kind of response. So, so Matt, what's going on with you? Well, uh, just recently got back from a place that I'm going to talk about today, um, and that would be the great state of Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Now, this was mainly a bourbon trip, but you don't have to be a bourbon fan because there are a lot of great things to see in Kentucky, of course. But mm-hmm. the places that we primarily went were the distilleries uh, across Louisville, Bardstown, and uh, there's one other. Oh, Frankfurt. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Now, if you like history, Kentucky is a great place to be because I can tell you in Bardstown, we went to the old Talbot Inn, and okay. I don't know if I don't know if you recall the story here, but there is a mural there painted by uh, King Louis Philippe or King Philippe. I forget how you say his name. It's a French king. Mm-hmm. Well, Jesse James and his brother went rolling through uh, Bardstown and decided to shoot up that mural. And the cool thing uh. is. This old inn, which originally was uh, a coffee shop, has a lot of the old interior stuff, a lot of cool history. And, of course, you can see they put some protective covering over the mural, but you can see the bullet holes where <laughs> uh, where he got a little bit out of control. So pretty <laughs> cool sight. Now, one thing I'd say that you would have to see that's mm-hmm. on my list, even if you're not a bourbon fan, is if you had to go to one distillery – um, I would probably choose either Buffalo Trace or Maker's Mark. Now, have you ever been to a distillery, Tommy? I have not. So, okay. So, I'll give you a rundown then. Yeah. Basically, when you walk in, you see the grounds, everything's there, but some of them offer free tours, Buffalo Trace in particular, and there's a lot of different things that you do, but most of the time, it's walking you through their process, right? We talk about process mm-hmm. a lot here. You get to see their process. Here's where it goes in the barrel. Here's where it sits for X amount of years. Uh, Here's how we rotate them and on and on and on, which is really cool. Um, Whether or not you're into that, because I've been to a winery and I'm not into wine, but it's interesting to sort of see that. I've been to a winery, too. It was fascinating uh, just to kind of see the process and really cool. A A lot of stuff goes into that you don't realize. Yeah, and there's it's gotten a little more technical than they used to do it, uh, as they say, back in the day. But still very cool. A lot of old processes being used and just a lot of cool sightseeing as well. So a couple other notable things uh, that are out there is, you know, the Louisville Slugger Museum. And mm-hmm. same type of deal there. The tour is like 20 bucks, 25 bucks, something like that. But you go start to finish on how the uh, bats get made, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The interesting thing is because it is a union shop, I didn't know this, unless you have a press badge, you can't take pictures. So don't expect to take any pictures while you're on the tour on how they're producing the baseball Mm -hmm. bats, Mm -hmm. which I thought was uh, a bit different. 
Um, and also, uh, the other cool thing there is there's a lot of cool stuff to buy, especially if you're a baseball fan. Signature items, not just baseball bats, but memorabilia. There's a little bit of a museum in there as well. So that's that's a nice place if you're a baseball mm-hmm. fan. Mm-hmm. So the last place which I was able to get to the front of but did not go is Churchill Downs. And if you're familiar with horse if you're familiar with horse racing at all, that's where they have the Kentucky Derby. Now I wasn't able to go inside, but did get some pictures at the front and it's still on my list. I've been to Kentucky now three times, so that's why I, you know I'm definitely talking about it. Yeah. Um, here, but on my list to go to the Kentucky Derby at some point for sure. Yeah, I'd like to do that as well. Um, not really into horse racing, but obviously it's iconic. Absolutely. So tell me about restaurants. Did you eat anywhere worth mentioning? Yeah, definitely, Tommy. A place that I've eaten at twice now since we've been there is called Doc Crows. And let me ask you a question, Tommy. Are you a fan <laughs> of smoked chicken? I am. Are you a fan of deep fried foods? Of course. <laughs> okay. They've, they have, I, I don't even know how to explain it. They have the best deep fried smoked chicken I've ever had. First you get that, you know, that delicious deep fried crust. And then you're like, oh man, even more flavor. Cause the chicken inside is smoked. I don't know how they oh, do wow. it. I'd like to know how do they do it, but it was definitely one of my favorites. And I think, I've actually been on uh, the Triple D, you know, diners, drive-ins, and dives. You ever watch yeah. that show? Oh, yeah. That sounds really cool. Actually, uh, just ate, but I'm still getting a little hungry just from <laughs> talking about it. <laughs> it was really good. Now, the one thing I will say, if you are going to, you know, listen to this podcast and then jump up and say, let's go to Kentucky, a couple things you need to know. Bardstown is a very small town, so you can imagine the lodging options are limited. It's about a town of 13,000 people, not mm-hmm. very big at all, so you don't have any big chain hotels that are there. The ones that are there are probably more considered around the motel side, so if that's not your fancy, I would recommend doing a the Airbnb and stay in somebody's home. But if you do go and you stay in Louisville, it's only about a... 45, 50 minute drive to Bardstown. So you could do a day trip back and forth and, and get sort of your, you know, your Marriott's and your as fancy as you really want to in, in Louisville sure. and drive back and forth to the, you know, the distilleries or the places that you want to see that are in, that are in Bardstown. Okay. Yeah. So Louisville would be a place you'd fly into if you were flying. So you have to do a little bit of driving. So a, a rental car is on the way. Now, I don't know how far it is for you guys from Mobile, mm-hmm. but from Kansas City, it's just an eight-hour drive. And if you happen to be into the spirits, um, some spirits you can't take on a plane if they are too high alcohol content or known as hazmat. So depending on what you're buying and what you want, it may be conducive to drive. And I think you could probably make a stop if you're coming from the south in some place you'd been, Tommy, which was what, Gatlinburg you go to every now and then? That's correct, yeah. Uh, it looks like it's um, right on the way. It's about a nine-hour drive from here to Louisville, and um, you'd be detouring to go to Gatlinburg. Ah. But you'd go through Nashville, which is oh. a great, great visit. Well, and that's, you know, for us, the eight hours is a bit – 
long time to be in the car. So our break mm-hmm. point is St. Louis, where we usually stop for lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if you're going from Mobile, you're stopping in Nashville and getting some of that great Nashville food for sure. Yeah. We could probably do a whole other podcast on Nashville. You know, I heard there were 100 people a day moving to Nashville. It's wow. hard to believe, but lots going on in Nashville. And uh, I was actually there in the fall, and it's a pretty cool place. Yeah, I went when I was younger, um, but I haven't been since mm-hmm. I've mat- since I've matured. We'll put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Well, I'll ask you one more thing here about Kentucky. Just was talking with some friends who were heading out to the destination that I'm going to talk about, and we were talking about national parks, and they mentioned one in Kentucky that I have not been to called Mammoth Cave. Did you guys go there, or are you familiar with that? Uh, I did not go there. It did come up when we were doing research on on things to see, and from what I can understand, they call it Mammoth Cave because it's a very large limestone cave that's in Kentucky. Yeah, and they've turned it into a, a national park. So I imagine it's pretty cool if you've never been to a cave system. I actually yeah. we have one here in town um, that's not as big as that, but it's you know leased by the government type of deal. So it's big enough to hold whatever okay. they want to want to put down there in town yeah. so yeah well, and there's actually a, an abraham lincoln park down there because it's kentucky's the birthplace of abraham lincoln i believe mm-hmm. so it's there's definitely a lot to see on the national park side for sure because i think there's five in kentucky alone yeah well this one looks really cool it's actually the world's longest known cave system and they've explored over 400 miles of it so Wow. Uh, that's why it's called Mammoth, I guess, because it is gigantic. So looks really cool. You know, one of the things with caves, and I'm sure there are parts of this cave that feel this way, but it, you know, could be claustrophobic for some people. And, you know, I know this is the longest cave, but some of these pictures, it just looks massive. So might be a good one to visit if you were feeling a little claustrophobic because it's wide open there. And speaking of national parks, I'll give you guys this little tip. There is an $80 annual pass that you can purchase. And it will get you into all the parks. So, you know, obviously you have to pay to drive into the park. Uh, $30 to $40 per car has been my experience. And uh, this allows you to get three people in plus children with no cost. And it's good for 12 months. So if you buy it in April, it's good till April, the end of April next year. And if you're going to hit one or two of those or like sometimes what we do is stay on the outskirts and then we'll drive into the park a couple of times on that trip. And, you, you know, you're paying to enter each time. And so this could quickly save you some money if you're interested in the national parks, be it Mammoth Cave or uh, national parks at the destination I'm going to talk about. But I don't want to move too fast. Are you done with Kentucky? What else is cool? Anything else we need to know? Yeah, one last thing I'll probably tell you, Tommy, as I've I've flown into Kentucky a couple times. It's a smaller airport, so flights are a bit tougher getting in and out of there, and you'll probably have to, to do some connections there. Mm-hmm. So you'll want to book early if you're going to fly uh, okay. because again, they're not a, a main place that people go to kind of like Kansas city. Yeah. Well, tell me this, and this will be my last question. Uh, how many days ideally would I want to plan to spend there? That's a great question. I would say three days, three full days. There is usually what I do this last trip. Uh, we left on Saturday and came back, Wednesday and did the driving on Saturday and Wednesday so we had Sunday Monday Tuesday so three full days would get you get you through a lot of it 
Very cool. That sounds like a great long weekend trip or, you know, something that would be easy for, for most everybody to do, fit in a day to drive up mm-hmm. and a day to drive back, and uh, you're, you're not too bad. Butted up against uh, Memorial Day, Labor Day, that type of thing, and, you know, you don't have to take off if you've got – you're taking off time from work for it or the kids from school, you get a little extra day there. Yeah, exactly. Very cool. Well, I'll shift gears and talk about the destination that is on my mind today, and that would be the Pacific Northwest, specifically Seattle and the area surrounding. So you ever been there? I have been through Seattle, but okay. I've also been to Vancouver, uh, Washington, which is the, the pack north. Yeah, very cool. Well, I really enjoyed the trip there. We actually took an extended trip. It ended up being about 10 days, and we ended up going into Vancouver, Canada. So I'll tell you a little bit about that. Uh, we kind of target this for you know, de- de- uh, destinations within the continental U.S., but technically you're right there at the border, and it was really easy to get there if you have a passport. So I'll tell you about that in a minute. But the things that you want to do for sure are to start with the national parks in that area there's a lot to choose from so you've got olympic national park where you can actually see like four different types of terrain you've got you know um, you've got a beach and a coastal area you've got the forest you know it's just very diverse and we unfortunately didn't have time to take in any of olympic national park but we did go to mount rainier so we flew into seattle rented a car and the next day went straight to mount rainier and it was just incredible just the drive in and the waterfalls and the trees and then, of course, the, the park area around Mount Rainier itself was just really, really phenomenal. We actually did some short hikes, and uh, we had taken our children, which at that time were even younger, and you didn't do anything strenuous. But there's, as you can imagine, many, many things to choose from there from an activity standpoint if you were wanting to do some hiking. But just a scenic drive through the park and then back to Seattle would be worth you know most of that day that it would take to do it not too far from the city and you know of course if you've ever seen pictures of seattle you see you can see mount rainier from the city if it's clear day you know it's dreary there often but uh it's a it's a it's a beautiful sight to behold that's for sure yeah tommy i've heard um too you had talked about kind of driving up there um i believe there is a train you can also take i don't know if you guys looked into that um, where it goes up the uh, coastline and it may even go to vancouver canada um, I don't know if you looked at that or, or went to it. Yeah, you're kind of stealing my thunder here a little bit. Oh, we, I'm we sorry. did do that. No, it's sorry. fine. That was actually a really nice treat. Um, we took a train from Seattle to Vancouver, across the border, customs and all that was a breeze. And Vancouver, very cool, very interesting architecture. Um, it's, uh, I think, modeled largely after like Hong Kong or an Asian country or city, you know, large city in an Asian country. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was really fun, really clean, lots of neat things to see there, and uh, we did that at the end of the trip, and uh, we felt like we didn't have enough time in either place because there was so much to see and do. In Seattle, some of the things you have to do besides Mount Rainier are going to be Pike Place Market. You know, I think everybody's heard of that. And uh, so, so I haven't explained. Okay, well, it's just a, a you know typical outdoor eatery and market, but there was a book written called Fish. You familiar with that? I am not. Okay. Well, check it out. Uh, it's kind of a 
a self-help slash professional development, personal development book um, about, you know, attitude and success. And uh, it's based off of a market there in Pike Place. And so they're, you know, kind of flamboyantly calling out names of these fish and throwing them at people to catch when they come in and ask for them. And so pretty interesting to watch that. Oh, you know what? I think I've seen that on TV. Yeah, probably so. It's definitely famous and uh, worth a, a visit. And then there's plenty of other things to see down there. It's it's kind of indoor slash outdoor and tables set up with produce and food and, you know, akin to other markets in large cities, but um, unique in that it's home of that, that fish market there and, and kind of a famous location. It's also right near the very first Starbucks. So you can check that out or, you know, I don't know that it's the first uh, it's recognized as such, and they have the original signage there, and it's uh, just in walking distance right there where you are. And, you know, I remember getting a peach, and just the the peach was huge and super ripe, and so you just kind of walk around and eat and get coffee and take in the sights, and then quick trip from there down is the, the gum wall. You familiar with that? I am not. Okay, it's this, this wall, very well-known wall. It's a brick wall. And it's under an alley, and there's just gum everywhere. <laughs> like like chew, chew like gum? chewing gum, yeah. So people oh, chew up the gum, they take it out, and they gross. stick it on this wall. Yeah. So you don't want to touch anything there unless you're sticking a piece of gum <laughs> on the wall. Bring but your, uh, bring your hand sanitizer. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, but it's really uh, interesting to see, and it's again right there in that area. So a lot to do down in that spot, and then. There's Pier 55, which is probably, if you're a local, considered a touristy area. But it's right on the water. There's a Ferris wheel there. That's where the aquarium is. And uh, we actually ate at a pretty cool restaurant there, which was called the Crab Pot. And, you know, you may have seen this in other places, but, you know, you get the bibs and the mallets, and they bring out the buckets of crab and stuff. And uh, it's it's right on the, the water with a, a pretty cool view. And was pretty good food you know for that kind of stuff and you know you're right right on the coast right on the pacific so there's also some interesting fish choices we really liked haddock which is i think native to that area you can get it other places now across Mm -hmm. the country with modern technology and refrigeration but it's uh you know fish and chips obviously popular out there and something that we uh, enjoy getting and uh, there was an area in that pier 55 uh spot where a restaurant where we were able to to get some fish and chips and all at a pretty reasonable price because it's local to that spot now tommy when i was in um, washington which is you know four hours to the south of where you were um, in vancouver one thing i noticed was everything just had more flavor is the only way i can explain it the blueberries it's like they dialed up the intensity on the blueberries and the vegetables and everything was that the same for you it was um, I don't really know why. I didn't research that, but that was an observation we were able to make as well. Yeah. I, well, you know, my curious nature, I had to ask every single waiter that I <laughs> ran into <laughs> about that. And they said, oh, we get that a lot, but they didn't yeah. have any reasoning behind it. You know, I don't know. I don't know what it could be, elevation, location, soil, or, you know, quantity probably, of rain or what. Pro- probably all of the above, right? Yep, probably so. So that was all really cool. The other thing I would say you have to do is probably something familiar to most is the Space Needle. So you go up and get these panoramic views of the city and the Seattle Space Needle. And right at the base of the Space Needle is 
a museum, I guess you would call it. It's uh, the Chihuly Gardens and Glass. And so it's this glass artist that makes all these uh, very ornate and intricate glass sculptures. He's very famous, and our listeners are probably familiar with him. But uh, he has an exhibit there, just really beautiful to walk through and see all of these exhibits. And there was some gardens there, and, like, you know, you'd have a flower or a tree, and then there's one made out of glass as well. So it was actually more glass than actual shrubbery, but it was a combination inside and out and was really cool to see. So you could see this really cool. There's a massive fountain there in a kind of a park area. There's actually a little uh, market there where you can eat. There's a few museums, an art museum, and I believe a, a music museum. And then there's a Space Needle and then this Chihuly Garden and Glass exhibit that is worth a trip. Yeah, my wife has been there, and actually she took advantage of it because you know, we got coming up here is probably going to be Mother's Day. She ended up buying one of the glass pieces. I think she had it shipped home, if I remember correctly. For that occasion, she bought it for her mother, which she loved it. And interestingly, uh, even more interestingly enough, is Maker's Mark Distillery actually had a lot of um, Chihuly's tree glass sculptures around their grounds. And then as you walk into the gift shop, they have a bunch of blown glass um, pieces that are red orange you know that kind of thing and symbolism of you know the bourbon that they make and obviously hmm. there's an artistic theme so interesting that those two tie together but obviously yeah. he's world famous so it shouldn't be that yeah. big of a surprise right right that's cool connecting kentucky and seattle here in that's a right small way <laughs> perfect for the podcast that's right Cool. Well, we already talked about the train ride, which was really cool. It's about three hours. You know, I, I have never really ridden on a train prior to that. I have since. And so I didn't know what to expect. I was actually a little hesitant and on edge. Had not we talked to some friends who had done that, may not had considered it. But it's extremely clean, very efficient way to travel, very relaxing. And then just a beautiful scene of the coast there on the way from Seattle into Canada, into Vancouver. And uh, there's cruise ships that leave out of Vancouver. We didn't do that. But I'll give you a few quick things to do in Vancouver if you're there. It was a really cool place. The architecture, like I already mentioned, was really neat. There's a huge park there called Stanley Park that was really cool. And uh, we actually rented bikes and biked around that area. And, uh, you know, it was just neat to – most of the places take dollars, but it was neat to do the currency exchange and, you know, have uh, that – tourist experience as a non-local you know non-citizen uh, of Canada and uh, the people were super friendly uh, we got there and ate right away and they brought out water in this glass jar this is a unusual looking glass jar and so we're drinking the water and I'm like wait we're in a foreign country like I know it's <laughs> a first world country here but you know is there going to be a problem with this water kind of my skeptical nature and so a quick Google search revealed that Vancouver has some of the cleanest public water system water in the world. So super pure, super clean water. That is was encouraging. Is it coming down from the melting snow in the mountains, I think? You know, that, that would be a conclusion I would draw. I don't know if that's exactly true or not, but uh, that would make sense to me. A few other things that we did that we really liked. One was the Capilano Suspension Bridge. And so there's a short drive right there in Vancouver, and it's this bridge that is 460 feet long. It's a suspension bridge, and it's about 230 feet above a river. So it was just neat to walk across this, you know, huge suspension bridge. And there were some 
like a canopy walk on the other side of that and then there was actually like a little cliff walk around the like a clear glass walkway that you walk on to uh, kind of test your fear of heights there a little <laughs> your bit. Bra- brave little bravery <laughs> test <laughs> yeah uh, but it was neat you know just a uh, a real woodsy kind of feel and, and environment and then there was actually uh we took this kind of the sky gondola up to grouse mountain this g-r-a-u-s-e and up there there's like a lumberjack show and um i think there's some maybe some skiing or some things that you can do up there but we were there in june which is peak season and a great time of the year to go very temperate uh really nice and pleasant to be outside and then lastly there was a really nice aquarium there that i think uh held some notable award or recognition of having the largest beluga whales or the largest number of beluga whales and oh wow and, uh, that was really cool to see um there's a aquarium in atlanta georgia that i believe has one um but they had something here in in vancouver that edged out that aquarium if my memory serves me correctly so really neat place to see you know we walked a ton this was kind of pre-uber or fringe uber you know so we took just took cabs and some public transportation with no problem and it was uh it was a fun trip like i mentioned at the beginning of uh, this discussion we spent about 10 days between the two areas and there was still plenty to do that we didn't have time for but if you're going to go that far it's far for us far for you too uh, from the midwest but you know get out there and take some time and enjoy it and you're not too far from portland oregon and some places we didn't go that uh, would also be worth a trip or a drive down to uh, probably take that train uh, or go the other direction go south and, and check that out too so anyway put both kentucky and seattle on the list um, i could talk a little bit more about it have i left anything out matt anything else you want to know you know the one thing that i've been dying to know and since we're way longer than usual maybe double time <laughs> which is which is great if you like long podcasts Yes. Um, I'm dying to know in a sentence or two at a, at the maximum is what goes on at the lumberjack show. I want to know. <laughs> I got, I got to know. I, I can't yeah. let you just leave me hanging. Well, they're, they're like logs and water and they're like running on them, trying to see you can stay on them the longest. They were sawing, uh, with chainsaws. They were sawing, uh, different statues, I guess, out of the wood, um, out of these logs. They were chopping them with axes to see who they could, who could knock down the, the quote tree first. And they had these logs mm-hmm. stood up like trees. Uh, there were hand saws to see who could saw through the fastest. So, yeah, it was it was interesting. That, that <laughs> entertaining, sounds like something very entertaining. I love to go to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very interactive, and you know they had some uh, had some comedic elements involved, and and just a bunch of stunts that you never see really in day to day life. Um, something you'd see on a TV show, maybe. Yep. Pretty cool. The great outdoor games, right? <laughs> there you go. Yep. So that was in Vancouver on Grouse Mountain. So if you're ever up there, check it out. Lumberjack feud, lumberjack show. <laughs> that's, that's that's going on my list right now. I'll be honest. Put it on there. It's on there. Awesome. Well, well tell me, why don't you uh, wrap it up? Yep, we'll do. Appreciate you tuning in as always. Hopefully you found this interesting. Sorry again, it's a little longer than usual. Um, got a buddy that uh i know is listening to this a shout out to lewis he likes the longer podcast and uh this one's for you buddy everybody else hope you made it to the end with us got some great ideas about a few trips to take and we'd welcome your comments and feedback if you have any questions let us know but until next time keep it essential 
Thanks for sticking around after the music here. And as always, we appreciate you tuning into the Essential Podcast. Just have a quick disclosure for you here. Securities are offered through S.A. Stone Wealth Management, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC. And advisory services are offered through S.A. Stone Investment Advisors, Inc., 